Welcome to a refreshing podcast from Life Church. Get ready. The Word of God will be planted into your heart and will produce God's best in your life. For him, many of you already know him, but if you don't, um, you're in for a treat. Amen. So, can we give him a warm Life Church welcome? Stand to your feet. Let's welcome Pastor Nelver. God bless you. Come on, let's praise Jesus in the building. (laughs) Let's praise Jesus in the building. He is so dope. I'm excited to be in the place where Jesus comes to hang out and delivers. Let's praise the Lord for your great leader. Come on, let's bless the Lord for Pastor Ernst. One of the things you have to learn to appreciate about leadership is when they're willing to make themselves available to you, they're actually concerned about your level of leadership. So if you have a leader that's willing to connect with you and willing to participate in the walk and the course with you, what he's saying is he honors you enough to make you leaders in your own right. So that's a good place to give God praise one more time for your leader and of course his lovely wife. In her absence, I'm excited to get to work. Amen. All right, I'm I, I'm accompanied with some people from Love City Church. Love City, make some noise. Amen. That's that Brownsville. I apologize. Uh, we come ready. Amen. So uh, he said, "No pressure." I'm looking at the clock. He gave me 40 minutes. If you'd allow me 39, <laughs> 39. Um, we're going to go to work, but I want to just confirm something on um, what, what Pastor Ernst said, um, and I had to pull it up, because I was praying about Life Church this week, and um, just trying to hear what the Lord said. The Spirit of the Lord said, um, one, the Ernst Kochi that you know is not the the Ernst Kochi that I know, says the Lord. He said, Life Church is about to get a glimpse of the real Pastor Ernst. You all have not seen him yet. He's, I, I usually do this at the end so I could be deep, but <laughs> since he wanted to start already, um, um, he says, I'm, I said, I'm not, I'm not sure about this, but there's a special relationship with your dad And the Lord says that you will no longer after this season have anything to prove to him for he is going to see what the Lord has placed in you. Hmm. He will see what the Lord has placed in you. And this is what I wanted to get to. There's a word for the twins too. Let me give you the word for the twins. They're not here. But the Lord said the twins. Are you ready for this? The twins will consume what kept the previous coaches bound by fear. He said, whether it might be education, ideas, or even ministry, they have been graced with a ferocity to add to the family line. He said, these young lions will will feast on the same diet that conquered your family. So I don't know. I said, this is the word, not sure about these gatherings and meetings that you have, that have been coming to your mind. This is why I jumped, it jumped to me. He said, but they're not by accident. He says, for, for the spirit of the Lord said, he's given these to your pastor and his wife for a pattern for expedited activation and growth in the gifts of grace. So this Bible study and the other things that they've been thinking about, these gatherings that are coming up. Don't be crazy. Jump in on it. The Lord has given it to your pastor for he wants to expedite activation and growth in the gifts. Then babies are coming. That's the word of the Lord. Babies are coming. Um, He says there's a season of natural birthings that are coming to life. They are for life church's future warfare. These babies are going to be arrows, says the Lord. So my first minute is done. I'm going to call Celeste and give her her word. 
Um, but the Lord, the Lord really has something for you. We're going to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 9. I have become very aggressive as it pertains to the gifts of God, the grace of God, the intention of God concerning my life. I don't know about anybody else, but I have become very challenged um, as it pertains to what the Lord has said about me. One of the things I refuse to do is go to heaven, see God, and God say, you brought me back change. I'm, I'm going to say that again. I refuse to go to heaven and God say, you brought me back change. I gave it to you for you to live it. Don't bring me no change back. I gave you what you need so you can, get, you can be the change on the planet. So I become very aggressive concerning concerning what he's doing with me, where he's going with me, and I've become very passionate about that for other people, all right? So uh, there's a bit of a shift, as you know. The personnel that you know is a little different now um, because my aggression is to see people who have been postured and positioned to take the kingdom by force. And some of you think that by force means punch the devil in the eye. Not necessarily. What I mean is find places where you are most effective. Be a Joseph in Babylon or in Egypt. Win with what God gave you. And I'm looking at the scripture that we're about to look in, and this is one of those scriptures that messed me up because I had never seen it before from this perspective. Um, so we're going to the book of 1 Samuel, the ninth chapter. Um, I'm down five minutes. Go quick. <laughs> go fast. Go real fast. Amen. I am. Praise the Lord. I want to come back. Hallelujah. Hey, Becky, how are you? Girl, hey. First Samuel chapter 9. Is that praise his name? I don't know how to say that word, so we're going to skip to the next verse. There you go. <laughs> Y'all ready? I'm going to read the first, first nine verses, and I'm going to start to teach, and we're going to come back. All right? Is that cool? Y'all ready for Bible study? Yes. All right, Sunday school time. And he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to his son Saul, Take one of the servants with you, arise, and go look for the donkeys. So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim and through the land of Shalisha. And I know a Shalisha in the projects too. But there did not, they did not find them. Then they passed through the land of Shalim, and they were not there. I just want to make sure you're awake. Then he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they did not find them. You see a theme here? When they had come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come, let us return, lest my father cease caring about the donkeys and become worried about us. Wasn't he a good son? And he said to him, Look now, there is in this city a man of God, and he is an honorable man. All that he says surely comes to pass, so let us go there. Perhaps. He can show us the way that we should go. Then Saul said to his servant, but look, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread in our vessels is all gone, and there is none, there's no present to bring to the man of God. What do we have? And the servant answered Saul again and said, I want you all to pay attention. This servant is a bad man. The servant answered Saul again, his master. He answered his master again. Look. I have here at hand one-fourth of a shekel of silver. I will give that to the man of God to tell us our way. Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he spoke thus, Come, let us go to the seer, for he who is now called a prophet was formerly called a seer. Two more verses. Thank you for your stamina. Then Saul said to his servant, Well said, Come on, we out. So they went to the city where the man of God was. As they went up the hill to the city, they met some young women going out to draw water. And he said to them, is the seer here? 
Okay, you, since you put it up, I'm going to read it. And they said unto them, and they said, and they answered them and said, yes, he, he, there he is, just ahead of you. He right there. Hurry now, for today he came into the city because there was a sacrifice of the people today on the high place. We're going to pause here. Father, thank you that we made it to this place. Thank you that we have an opportunity to come and receive from your word. Speak to me and I speak to your people. Turn me into another man that you might be glorified, that these people will be edified, and the devil will be terrified. In Jesus' name, amen. We're looking at the scripture now, and I hope you get the scene, all right? So this man named Kish had some donkeys, right? And when the donkey, the donkeys got lost, and in the process, you got to understand now, donkeys were important. Now, here's what's, I, I, I'm a weird guy, Philip, because every time I go to the scriptures, something just goes off. And I said, what was so important about the donkeys? Because donkeys don't run as fast as horses, Right? You can't milk a donkey, right? You can't get no wool off of a donkey. Donkeys don't even do well plowing. What was so important about the donkey? Why was a donkey so special? The only time you can eat a, you can even eat a donkey. The only time they considered eating donkeys in Bible's days was if there was a famine in the land. And so I said, why is this so important? You've got to understand that Kish, according to the scripture, was considered a man of wealth. Buy another donkey. Right? Furthermore, the scripture calls him, um, the, the, the man of wealth translates to a name that we ascribe to God. So my brain already gets blown up. His name comes from a translation of Gibor which means mighty warrior. And I said to myself, okay, the donkey is bigger than, than just being lost here. God is setting us up for something. And as I'm looking at the scripture now, I realize that the donkey was just a setup for God to set Saul in a place that he would never expect it. And here's why this is important, because there are people in your life, hear what I'm about to tell you, who are donkeys. I'm not trying to cuss. <laughs> but for all intents and purposes, when you really sit back and look at them, they don't provide nothing for you. But, they, they, but you need them in your life because what they do is they propel you to your next season. I'm going to help somebody really quickly as we trans. I try to get to the title that some of us need to learn how to handle people better. There are people that you are willing to get rid of that God is going to send you to go find them. Because they're going to give you, they're going to lead you through the threshold to your next season. I'm going to help you real quick. I know that y'all let Drake tell you all kinds of craziness about new friends. But I'm going to help some of you transfer. There's some, there's some people in your life that you need. And I want you to understand, they actually don't do anything for you. But you do something for them. And God will not allow you to separate from them. I'm going to make it make sense in a minute. As I'm going, as I'm going through this, I said, Lord, how you miss donkeys? Now, they went, through, they went from village to village looking for How you miss donkeys? God begins to blow my mind a little bit. If you could, go with me back to the text. Go with me to verse 4, if you would. Is that okay? Can I go to verse 4? Can I work a little bit? Can I set this up? So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim and through the land of Shalisha, and they couldn't find them. And passed through the land of Shalem, and they were not there. Passed through the land of the Benjamites, which was Saul's tribe, and he wasn't there. Now, here's another. Why would you go back to the place that you came from? Because sometimes we are so caught up in the experience that we put things out of order. I'm going to make this make sense. You get so caught up in the experience about the new boyfriend and the new girlfriend, you give them access to things that they should not have access to. We put things out of order. I'm going to help somebody. And look at verse 5. And when they had come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant, who was with him, come let us return, lest my father cease caring about the donkeys and come and become worried about us. Now, let me set this up here. 
Saul's father tells him, go to go and get a servant and go look for the donkeys. He didn't say get a specific servant. There was no name. He just says, go to get a servant. And I'm going to, I want to pull all of that introduction into this in my last 32 minutes. I want to pull it all here into this, that this is very important, that when Saul grabs a servant, there was no name. He had no pedigree. He had no resume. Furthermore, he was considered a slave. And this is what blesses me because this kid who came from a good family, his father was considered a mighty warrior, goes and gets a slave to go with him. And as he travels, he gets to a place and he had no answer and the slave knew what to do. They went all sides. There was only one side that Saul didn't look to and it was the blind side. Here's where I find my topic for today, blindside. I want to talk to you about things that God has set up in your life that because you thought you were in a good spot, you missed out on. And I'm going to help you be victorious as it pertains to the blindside. Some people, I'm very peculiar about people, especially if I'm going to preach about Jesus because all Jesus came for was people. His kingdom is based around people. And I become a little leery of church that beats people up in the name of Jesus and call it the church. Because that's not the church that I saw Jesus die for. I watched I watched Saul take the same attitude. Come on, servant, we out. And I became, I become challenged when I think about it because I understand something. That, that the young man that's with Saul is literally a picture of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to show it to you in the text. That there, that there are times where we reject the wooing of God because God didn't come the way that we expected him to come. This servant is in type. A vision of the Holy Spirit. Oh, we're going to make it make sense in a minute. Oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling excited now. I'm feeling excited now. Because I, I want to give you three points before I get excited. Three points. Because Pastor Maurice texted me and told me to preach black man. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm trying to behave myself. Before we get there. But I want you to see three things in the text. And I'm going to explain it in a minute. We're going to, the Lord wants to give you, as it pertains to the folks in your life, new energy. I want you to write that down. We're going to get there in a minute. He's going to give you new energy. He's going to give you new ideas. Come on. And he's going to give you new friends. I want you to receive this. I want you to receive this. Come on. I want you to receive this. Maybe I should say it like Pastor Ernst. God wants to give you <laughs> new energy, new ideas, and new friends. I'm going to help you. <laughs> new energy. The body of Christ has become tired, and it's April. I want to try to help you. You ain't been saved long enough yet. This makes my 31st year as a believer. 31 years as a Christian. You don't have a right to be tired yet. You ain't 31 years old. I've been preaching now for 23 years. I, and I don't say that to boast. I'm saying it because God gives you the stamina and the energy if you want it. So watch what happens in the text. Oh man, this is good. This is good. Take a, take a, I want you to take a gander with me. In verse 5, the Bible says that the young man, that Saul, not the young man, Saul, 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 Saul says, let's go home before my father ceases caring about the donkeys and becomes worried about us. It, it, You've got to consider this. Paul, Saul makes a very valid point. 
He may say, he, and you would think he's being a good son. But the truth of the matter is his father gave him an assignment. Mm -hmm. And what you've got to learn is if your father gives you an assignment, if the heavenly father gives you a work, you don't have a right to say I'm tired. You don't have a right to get into your garden of Gethsemane and say, Father, I bid this cup, bid this cup from me. If it, but never, you got to have a nevertheless in you. You got to find energy to go the rest of the way. Somebody shout new energy. Saul was in a place where he thought this was great and the servant said to him nah son absolutely not you can't quit your father has given you an assignment I feel like Nehemiah I got a good work and I can't come down the servant meets with him and says to him no no there's a, there's a prophet here Look at what the prophet says, the, the, the servant says to him, look, now there is in this city a man of God. He is an honorable man. I always beg, it begs the question, how, if you were a servant in my house, do you know what's going on in this city? Either your lunch breaks were too long, buddy, or the Lord set this up. <laughs> the Lord might have set this thing up, right? Now the servant knows what's going on in the land. Like if I was Saul, I would have had a lot of questions. The blind side. God sets people in your life to blindside you with blessing. Can I prophesy that in this season the Lord wants to catch you off guard with blessing. He wants to blindside you with blessing. He wants to come around back ways where you can't even tell. You can't identify where it's coming from. He just wants to make sure that you look good. That you feel good. That you smell good. That I don't even know where it's coming from and it taps me on the shoulder. I say, oh hey, how are you? What's your name? Blessing. Blindside. And I know some of you are like, does God really do it like that? I'm giving you, I'm case study number one, A. Saul had this man in his house, had no clue he knew about the prophetic protocol. New ideas, new energy. Check this out. Saul wanted to quit the search and called it care. But I want to submit that Saul's quitting was a lack of energy. Saul searched with his servant. Watch this. The loss of the donkeys were a way of revelation. I know that there was a saying that there are no losses, right? Either you win or you learn a lesson. But I want to, I want to submit an addition to that statement. I don't know who made the quote, but I'm going to add to it. That there are no losses. There are wins, there are lessons, and there are launching pads. <laughs> the donkeys were a launching pad the donkey, the donkey was a launching pad to Saul's prophetic ministry the donkey was a launching pad to Saul realizing that there was someone in his circle with resources for him see this is good and I'll tell you why one of the things one of, because some things will reveal a secret passageway that's why I called it a, a, a launching pad. God will put you in some predicaments, some circumstances, some situations to reveal to you that you've been stopping short. That there's more in you. That you're stronger than you think you are. I thank God for 1387 East 96. But, so, but there was a predicament that brought us here. <laughs> if the predicament didn't hit us the first time we would have never searched and for the donkey that brought us here some of y'all have loosed lessons and called it a blessing I got rid of you I don't have to deal with you no more I'm free what, you, what you've actually done is you've cut a donkey loose that you didn't go and check after and that donkey was going to lead you to revelation <laughs> gotta understand Samuel was established as the prophet okay nine chapter eight chapters prior Samuel was born under real rough circumstances became the first prophet of Israel and what happened was Samuel had now heard the voice of God directly and he became the prophet that spoke on behalf of God. When the judges got quiet, Samuel got loud. 
Samuel had heard in chapter 8, when you get a chance, go back and read it before you pray in the morning. Chapter 8, he's sitting with, God is sitting with Samuel, telling Samuel, I have a man that you're about to anoint as king. This is why you have to understand how important this servant was. Because if the servant would have quit, if servant would have let Saul quit, he would have let, he would have let Saul lose his kingship. How many opportunities for you to be crowned have you quit on and called it fatigue? How many times has God given you the kingdom and you said, I'm tired. I'm weary. They work in my nerves, Lord. I'm not tired of these people. Set me free. And you're like, and in, in, this, in heaven, Father must be like, but I'm giving you a kingdom. Keep looking. Keep searching for your donkey. I got something waiting for you, but it's on the blind side. <laughs> when you recognize that the Father is trying to position you for victory, you stop complaining. Can I... Mm. I help you sometimes I know y'all say practice makes permanent but practice is actually performance too <laughs> if you're in practice and you're not performing like you would on the stage you are robbing yourself a victory in advance can I help you? Practice is not just make, does not make permanence. Practice is performance. You, you, but the thing is, practice, watch this, is a stage where you can mess up and no one judge you. <laughs> so Saul had an opportunity to be a king, but he was about to quit on his platform. So God sent a servant his way. <laughs> and this is this, this right here, though. I want you to catch this. I want you to catch this. This right here is good. I, I, I mean, even for me, this is good. And Saul said, but look at, look at this. Saul was so afraid of his future, he found another excuse. Go to verse 7 if you can. Go yeah, verse 7. Then Saul said to his servant, but look, if we go, what shall we bring the man? Because back then, you couldn't go before a man of greatness without a gift. I'm going to let him keep that for the offering sermon, okay? You don't, go before, <laughs> you don't go before greatness without a gift. For the bread in our vessels is all gone, and there is no present to bring the man of God. What do we have? Saul was trying to quit on his future, and the servant shows up again. I want you to see the servant not as his slave, but as the Holy Spirit, the type. When you want to quit, the Holy Spirit comes and tells you, get up. The Holy Spirit wants to make you go back to pray. Even though you didn't get the answer you wanted to, the Spirit turns on the inside of you and says, go back to pray. When you don't even know the words to pray, Paul, he's telling me in Romans chapter 8, don't worry about it. The Holy Ghost knows what to pray. He has the script. Just open your mouth and the servant from heaven will speak through you. This is the kind of God you serve. If you are willing to go and follow through, he will make sure sure you win <laughs> the servant said again now look at verse 8 and the servant answered Saul again he broke the protocol of slavery by talking that much to his master he said look I have here in one in at hand one fourth of a shekel of silver. Now a shekel of silver if you're from England it's equivalent to a a, quart, a fourth of a shekel of silver is equivalent to six pence. In other words six pennies. Okay? Wait. But in terms of weight a quarter of a shekel of silver is about the same weight of a dime. You're going to go before the prophet, the one who hears the voice of the Lord, with a dime? I know some of our churches in 2019 won't receive a dime as an offering. I'm going to leave that alone. You can't go before the prophet with only a dime in your hand. 
But I come to learn that if you are willing to go and the sacrifice is pure, the Lord will receive it. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's what blew my mind, Philip. I went and I did the study on this thing. <laughs> Listen to what they did with a shekel. A shekel was pressed in four. So it was, a, it was like a circle with two lines in the middle, one down and one horizontal, so that if you needed a quarter of a shekel, you can break it and pay whatever you needed to pay. Here's, this is, so imagine a quarter broken up into five pieces, and if you needed to buy a, a, a super bubble, you can break that off, the, the, a fifth of that off and put it on the table for Pancho and get your bubble gum. Here's why this is powerful. Because now it is letting us to understand that God had put it in such a way, he positioned this thing in such a way that what this man had was enough of a portion. It's like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not going to give you more than you can handle in one portion. He's going to give you just what you need to get you where you need to get to. And when you get to where you need to get to, he'll give you what's required for the next season. And this is why I say this young man reminds me of the Holy Ghost. He reminds me of the paraclete because he gives the man what is necessary for the season that he was in. First he gave him energy, now he gave him an idea. Some of us whew, I'm trying to wrap up. Some of us are missing opportunities because we're too busy trying to figure out what we've done wrong. What Saul was saying, go back to verse 7, I'm sorry I'll make you work. What Saul was saying here in the text is Saul was saying, this is what we cannot do. Everything is against me. Everything is wrong. And he mastered the art of complaining. You can never come into the state of new ideas if all you do is complain about the old ones. Let me talk to the entrepreneurs in the room. Sometimes you got to be quiet in the presence of trouble so trouble can speak to you. Oftentimes, the answer to the problem is being spoken of by the problem. You just got to be quiet enough. What do I mean when I say that? The person who invented the light switch knew that we needed a way to access the electricity without getting electrocuted. So he listened to the problem. How do we turn the light off without people dying? <laughs> and electricity spoke back and said, switch. Now, it's not that simple, but you understand what I'm saying. If you sit long enough in the problem, okay, let me give you Bible for it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and watch what happened. Darkness over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord did what? Hover over the face of the deep. He didn't do it in light. He did it in darkness. He sat in the problem and the problem gave him a response. And when the Holy Spirit had gotten up off of the, now we got, I want to talk to you because the deep has a face. And some of us are afraid to get in the face of the deep because of what we don't know. And what God did, he was teaching us something. You don't have a right to be afraid of a problem because I made you the solution. If I bring you to the problem, I also am bringing you to the solution. So God sat in the face of the problem, looked the problem in the face, and the problem had no choice but to subject itself and say the answer to my darkness is light. So what did God say? God simply said light be and light was. <laughs> he's, teach, he's teaching us. And in the text, he's the, the servant is telling, telling, the, telling Saul, listen man, there's an answer to this problem. I won't let you quit. Listen sis, there's an answer to the problem. I won't let you quit. Just touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, wake up. I ain't going to let you quit. You got to say like me, I ain't going to let you quit. Praise the Lord. Let me just give you, because some of you are taking notes. Good students. Want to write, what is an idea? This is my definition, my working definition. Ideas 
our content filled knowledge and or vision, or, or I'm sorry, filled with knowledge and or vision. So ideas are content filled with knowledge and or vision for the incomplete or the non-existent. I'm going to say it again. Ideas are content filled with knowledge and or vision for the incomplete or the non-existent. Ideas, thank you. Ideas are, are content filled with knowledge and or vision for the incomplete or non-existent. In other words, you, you, there may be some things that exist, but they're not complete. So ideas will come to you about what is incomplete. And likewise, there are things that are non-existent. And ideas come to you so that you can get content concerning what's non-existent. Why are ideas necessary? Because ideas now bring us to a place where we can dominate industry. If the church would become more committed to training people in their imagination as much as they train them about how long their skirt would be, the church would be in higher positions in society. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to say it anyhow. I feel, my, I feel my mantle. You've got to understand that the church is the place where imaginations should be grown, not killed. We kill creatives and call it holiness. And I'm not talking about light church. Now, light church, y'all amazing. I mean, y'all did like the Christmas story and like the Fresh Prince theme and all of that. Y'all are geniuses over here. But by and large, the, the body of Christ is losing the battle for ideas. The idea of Lord and Taylor was from a Christian. That's why the first name is Lord. Now, if a Christian tries to come up with a clothing line, it has to be A-line skirts, praise be to God. Sleeves down to our wrists. And we don't know how, we don't know. I'm trying to change that. I'm finna, I'm finna start a clothing line. You can be mad at me if you want. And everything ain't gonna say Jesus neither. I promise you know why because God didn't bless us with ideas for us to look like what church is the kingdom does not look like the church it does not have to I'm gonna help you the church is headquarters for the kingdom the church sources people for kingdom and if the church is sourcing people that can't function in the kingdom then the church is failing in its mandate if you can't go to a Fortune 500 job and function without speaking in tongues every two seconds, you have failed. Thank you for that one amen. We have failed. How else can we have dominion in various parts of industry and society if we don't have new ideas? We honor people with ideas. Come on, iPhone people, lift your hands. One, two, three. Come on, we are, come on, apostolic. Here, ba 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 ba. Come on. <laughs> All right, put it down. The, the Android people are like. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Be some droid. Be set free. Whoa. Shit, ba, ba. Out of there. Come out of there. <laughs> no, it's alright. As long as your phone works, praise the Lord. But the truth of the matter is, Apple is, is doing what it's doing because of the idea. Before we had the iPod, we were walking around with tape decks and CD players. They had, they had, they had MP3 players, but they didn't give us that rotating thing that you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you, you kind of young. But iPod used to have like the rotating thing where you could click through the songs and all of that. Woo, that was bad. But that was like $500 when it came out. And guess what? People paid for it, not because it was Apple, but because of the idea. 
Creativity has to revisit you. I pray that the spirit of creativity rests on you when you are awake and when you are asleep. Ideas bombard you. It does not let you rest. You can't help it. You take notebooks and pieces of paper and pens everywhere you go because the spirit of God is downloading all kinds of new ideas from heaven on you. In the name of Jesus, receive it. Come on, say amen. The spirit of Issachar, which is this, they're described as a group of sons who understood the times and knew what to do. The spirit of Issachar is talking about ideas. When trouble comes, they went to the sons of Issachar. To say, what do we do in this situation? They had to come up with ideas. They were idea factories. How in the world can you say you are full of the Holy Ghost and you don't have new ideas? Everything that you, every time somebody, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Come on. The Holy Ghost? Who looked at the darkness in the deep? And came up with the idea of light. And you can't handle a math problem. The spirit of Issachar rests on you. In Jesus name. The spirit of Issachar rests on you. In Jesus name. The spirit of Issachar rests on you. In Jesus name. Ideas are your portion. May your children's children's children. Eat off of your inventions. In Jesus name. I'm, try, I'm trying to wrap this up. New ideas. New ideas. Then he said, that, that now I, I, I guess that Saul realized this guy was good for him. My last point. This, the, my last main point. <laughs> my last main point. He realized this guy was good for him. He kept him around. Because technically, Saul had the right to tell the servant to go home after he paid for him to have access to the prophet. But he kept him. Here's why this is important. Because I believe that Saul realized that, watch this, the servant was better for him, with him, than apart from him. You need people in your life. Watch this. And in your circle, I know we say our corner, but corner is limited to only 90 degrees. Um, you get you, you, that. I was just, that was, that was dope. That was, <laughs> that was dope. You need, corner has limitations. If I get people in my corner, that means I only have 90 degrees. But I need people in my circle. I'm going to set some of y'all free. That can stand at my back and I can stand at their back. And without me knowing what's coming, on the blind side, they can cover me. I need... I need somebody that can cover me north, south, east, and west. No matter what's coming, they're standing beside me. They're leaning upon me. I don't have to know what's coming. They just say, I got an idea. I got some money. I'll cover you. You don't need to tell me what it is. Come pick this $1,500 up. I got you, son. Hold that. You need people in your circle. <laughs> Woo, it begs the question. Who is in your core? Many, many, many pounds ago, I, I, had, I was lean. I was fit. I played football. I was a pulling guard. I was fast. I actually was a fullback, but I was a pulling guard, and I always covered the weak side or the blind side. And one of the things my quarterback used to do, he would tell my coach, I don't care how tired Samuel is, he has to play with me. He said, because Samuel can handle the way I move. Here's why this is powerful. Because you, you need to check on how strong your core is. You need to check to see how strong your core is. In the physical What's your core? If I ask you, you go to gym, I need to work on my core. You're going to sit there and do crunches all day. But your core is not just abs. 
Hey, get set free. What comes to mind when you think about your physical core? Usually it's abs. But within the core, there are muscles that are divided into two types. Watch this. The two types of core muscles are or stabilizers and movers. You need people in your life who will stabilize you in the midst of trouble. And then you need some people in your life, in your circle, that are movers. That when it's time for you to run, you move. And what, what many of us do when we throw our backs out, we work on our stabilizers, but we don't work on our movers. Do you know that your core includes your hamstring and your groin muscle? Do you know that your core includes your back? Do you know your core includes your lowest, the muscles, your lower pectorals? It all is included. Forget about your obliques would go into your back. All of it. You, you got one friend? No, your body will teach you. You need more than one. You need a mover and you need a stabilizer. Somebody that can tell you you can't be down for too long, that you can't cry over that. I know it hurts you. I know it brought you heartbreak. I know that you're mad about it. And then they tell, then you need somebody else who says, stop. You had too many boyfriends. You ain't overcome from that one yet. You need to recover. Sit down. They need to keep you stable. You need somebody who can, who can tell you to be quiet. Who is the person that when you're in your worst situation, they know where to come find you at? Huh? Who knows where you sneak out to go get that little drink? When you hungover, hungover, they know where to find you. And they won't be ashamed to come get you neither. You need one of them in your circle. You need some of those people in your core. Now you say, Pastor, wait a minute. We don't drink, hallelujah. <laughs> Pastor Ern's gonna have to fix that too. <laughs> we, don't, we don't do that. Not over in Life Church. There comes a time where somebody has a low place and they mess up and they can't find the donkeys and they're getting ready to quit and they go back to what they know because they don't have a mover and they don't have a stabilizer around them. They are left in their corner all by themselves because there was nobody to work with them and what you have to do is have somebody who is holy enough to come into hell and come grab you out of hell. You need somebody that is holy enough to see you in your mess and walk over your dirty clothes and come into your bedroom and still be okay and pull you out and say that's all right it's okay i'm gonna help you get sober i'm gonna help you get dressed i'm gonna wash your clothes i'm gonna do the dishes for you i'm not ashamed so you shouldn't be ashamed let me help you get set free you need people like that in your circle because they can cover your blind side that's how you don't want nobody to see. Some of you have gone through too much pain because you've been afraid to, to build your core and let somebody in. <sighs> this is my last part of the sub. Watch this. You be the type of friend that will cause people to sow into you without asking you for anything back. Hear what I'm saying. Be the kind of friend that they want to sow into you. Watch this. If this man was a servant, more than likely, this quarter of a shekel was all he had. And he was willing to give it to Saul, not knowing that Saul was going to become the king. He just was a good friend enough to sow into Saul. You need some people that's going to come up on the back, the blind side of you and cover you without asking you for anything back. Some of y'all have friends that have loaned you a dollar and have been collecting interest. And that's why you can't pay them off. That's why you duck. I'm going to help you. That's I'm going to help you. If they owe you, they're on this side. The reason why they've been ducking you is because you've been trying to get interest I'm trying to set y'all free that's not friendship I could do that at Chase I don't need you favor I see this in my church has friends if I found favor with you 
and you found favor with me, then you found friendship with me. Watch this. Having the right people in your circle should increase your visibility. <laughs> we see that in the text, right? The right person was in Saul's circle and it increased Saul's visibility. Go back and check your relationships. Having the right people in your circle should increase your visibility. Watch this. Having the right people in your circle shall multiply your destiny. They should multiply it. In other words, you shouldn't have the same dream that you had when you were by yourself if you got these new friends. Come on here. They should help you come into another way of thinking. Your business should go from just something, a sole proprietorship to an LLC. You should be able to develop a board. And in the right presence of the right people, they would help you establish and get some grants and get some money and get a loan and find a building. And guess what? They won't ask you for nothing after that. They're just happy to see you when I'm trying to help somebody get free having the right people in your circle will either arm your future or disarm it <laughs> they will cause you to engage or disengage your enemy your, your destiny Watch, the, oh God, this one is good. You should write this one down, Philip. This is going to bless you. Having the right people in your circle will weaponize favor. What does it mean to weaponize? When something is weaponized, it is used for warfare. Having the right people in your circle will weaponize the favor of God on your life. Having the right people in your favor will weaponize your gifts. Having the right people in your circle will weaponize your graces. That prophecy that you had before, it weaponizes in the presence of the right people because they encourage. The evangelist that you are, it weaponizes in the presence of the right, the right people because they push you into another dimension mentioned I'm trying to help you understand if the people in your circle don't make you more dangerous to the enemy's camp then you got the wrong people in your circle come on shout amen it's a man who had a wife and a wife who had a husband I guess <laughs> and she ran into an ex-boyfriend and when she ran into an ex-boyfriend he was, a, he was a janitor somewhere. And the wife and the husband said, she said, this is my ex-boyfriend, but he left. He said, aren't you glad you married me? Because if you would have married me, if you would have married him, you would have been married to the janitor. And she said, no. If I would have married him, he would have been the mayor. <laughs> and you got to understand, that's how... Powerful, that's how powerful you should be. Every relationship you get in, you should know that you're going to cause them to come up a level. I know that we're in church, but I need you to tell your neighbor, level up, 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 level up. Take me to another level. If you're gonna be my friend, take me to another dimension. If you're gonna be my friend, take me to a higher destiny. If you're gonna be my wife, take me to another place. I came with a dream, turn it into a vision. Level up. Level up. Take me to another level. What are you doing? What are you doing? Because if you can't cause me to level up, I don't know if I need you. As I come to my close. The servant function as a type of the Holy Spirit. Chosen by the son to walk alongside with him after the son was released by the father. The servant had a gift that had to be given to the son. Like us with the Holy Spirit, the servant had the authority to override a good idea with a God idea. God uses Saul to blindside the planet because Saul becomes the first king of a chosen nation. Watch this. It's possible that God wants to cause you to level up in areas, to become stronger, to become a better friend, to help someone's destiny increase so that you can blindside the planet with something that they were not looking for. Watch this. There are things that the world had quit looking for until you came along. I prophesy that there is a group of people that have been searching for you 
waiting, waiting for your parents without you knowing. So you walked into the situation blindly and there was a table spread for you. You walked into the situation blindly and there were offices established for you. You walked into the situation blindly and God had your name on their, their tongues. I want to prophesy to you that there are people who are looking for you that don't know that you are coming but you're on your way. I want you to understand that God has set some things up for you and if you, if you would be wise, you would position yourself to change and shift destinies because you gave God a yes. Ah, God, I I want to help you. 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 That Saul being king, the translation there means to make known. Watch this. God blindsides the entire planet. Hear me? By selecting Saul. And he used the servant to get him there. Why do I say that God blindsided the planet? Because God used Saul as the first. But the, exceptional, the exception principle in hermeneutics says that the first would be rejected, the second would be accepted. If Saul was the first, then that means David was the second. And if David was the second, he becomes the blueprint for the king of kings. Yeah, this gets good. He becomes the blueprint for the king of kings. So God set the planet up to take an L because he used Saul who was about to quit looking for donkeys on the blind side and sent a servant to push him into destiny because he had a plan to give you a Jesus that would deliver you from all your sins. I want to help somebody be set free today that God is going to use you to set their world on fire because he has a plan with you in mind. And I want you to know that if you say yes to the Lord, he will weaponize you for favor on the earth. I need you in this corner. Your pastor needs you in his circle because life church needs to set some things ablaze life church the other campus needs to be set ablaze and y'all need to be ready for it and god will you weaponize you right here in this building keep searching keep pressing keep digging keep working because there's something there i want you if you believe that to lift your voice in the building can you stand on your feet with me and give god a high praise come on here let's give god a high praise come on let's give him a high praise i'm ready now hallelujah let's give him a high praise you 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 have the favor of the lord resting on you you have the favor of the lord resting on you the favor of the lord is resting on you the world will turn the world did not see you coming the world is not expecting you the people who knew you the way you were were not expecting you to be who you're about to become but you're going to turn the blind side upside down come on help me bless him Help me bless him. Help me bless him. Help me bless him. The favor of God is on you. The favor of God is on you. The favor of God is on you. I bless your business in Jesus' name. I bless your business in Jesus' name. Every entrepreneurial endeavor will, will suffer the consequence of greatness because of the Lord that is in you. Woo. I felt that every idea will suffer the consequence of your greatness the business plans will suffer the consequence of your business Woo. I know there's some industries that some of you are afraid to break into because you don't know how you're going to do it they are in position because God is, has sent someone to look for you. Don't be afraid. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you. You good. That's good. I like that. I'm going to challenge you. Separate your personal Instagram. I don't know who this is for. From your business Instagram. We don't have to, we don't want to search through your selfies to find your product. I heard the Lord say this just now. We don't have to search through your personal stuff to get to your business stuff because there's someone who just needs one image from you and they'll make a phone call and it'll set the things in order I want you to, I want you to be free 
and sometimes it requires discipline so with a new idea father bless your people with new energy <laughs> in Jesus name hallelujah Father, give them something that vitamin D and B12 couldn't do. Father, I pray that you begin to stir them as you did with Timothy, with Paul. Stir them on the inside. Oh, yes, Lord. Stir them on the inside. Yes, Lord. Reveal to them their identity in you. Hallelujah. Cause them to hear your voice differently that they might know, oh, Lord, that you are telling them to go. You're telling them to continue. You're telling them to push. And Lord, I thank you even now that we are going to hear a testimony not many days hence in the name of the lord jesus christ life church love city lift up your voice like a trumpet in zion This concludes today's message. If you need prayer, want to give a donation, or would like more information about Life Church, visit us at www.nylifechurch.com.